You, you really should be careful because you're about to enter the danger zone. Okay, that's the last one you get. That is it. You may, however, talk about playing with the boys all you want. Welcome to A Match Made in Space. I'm Allie Goodman. And I'm John Walter. And we are a married couple showing each other the 80s movies of our childhood. This week, Allie showed me Top Top Gun. Gun. The naval recruitment film that masquerades itself as an actual story. (laughs) um, Starring uh, Tom Cruise and Kelly McGillis and a bunch of other people. A lot lot of people, actually. A lot of people, actually. It's a a star-studded cast of slightly above that guy level people, but you know. Yeah, star studded uh, from uh, 1986, if I'm not mistaken. Um, well, you have the Wikipedia. Oh, I you guess could I actually could look, look at that and make sure that you um, are correct on that? that day. Yeah, 1986. Yes, and it was directed by Tony Scott, uh, the late Tony Scott, mm. um, Ridley Scott's brother. Who? Uh, really? Yeah, you didn't know? Oh, that? No. Yeah, yeah, he's Ridley Scott's brother. You know, he directed. Sometimes you say these things, and you're like Ridley Scott's brother, and I'm like, really? Because I'm so naive, and you're like, oh, I see. <laughs> okay, this was actually a sincere. He, oh, he was okay. Ridley Scott's brother. You know, he he recently uh, a few years ago he committed suicide. Oh, uh, yeah. Remember he jumped off that bridge? No. Oh yeah, yeah. A few years this. ago, yeah. He you know he. Yeah, he just basically... Wow, we're starting off the episode with a Sorry, hilarious guys. bang. <laughs> yeah. Suicide is... Okay, go Painless? ahead. Yeah, we talked about that last time. Okay, but yeah. Um, yeah, but apparently, yeah, he... Uh, yeah, he, he... That's it. He directed up a whole bunch of movies, uh, like, that, that, you know, we've, we've all heard of, like Beverly Hills Cop 2, mm. uh, continuing the specter of mentioning Beverly Hills Cop in relation to movies. And the, for some um, reason, I feel like we're never going to watch that just because no, we always talk about it. No, why, why would... Yeah, why, why would right. we do that? Right. It's like watching right. Ghostbusters or something, <laughs> you know, and... Uh, Basically, it was it was produced by Don Simpson and Jerry Bruckheimer. You know, it was kind of the Michael Bay's of their time. Yes. As far as uh, you know, you know, like I yeah, like like Tony Scott. Like it had Michael Bay been around to direct, I, I feel like Tony Scott wouldn't have done this movie. It would have mm. been a Michael Bay movie or something. Um, yeah, that's um, that's basically. Um, I, I got. I guess the, the the main trivia bombs I can drop real quick on this movie is that um, the uh, original person considered for the lead was not Tom Cruise. This is kind it? of the movie that made it, well, no, Risky Business made him. He was yeah. already made. But this is the movie that kind of made him into a viable like action lead star as opposed to a comedy guy. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, the, the the role was originally going to go to Matthew Modine. Uh, but really, but um, who who. Also that year did a different military movie, uh, Full Metal Jacket, a movie who a movie whose uh, themes are much less pro-military than this. And the reason Matthew Modine refused to do Top Gun was because of its very kind of openly pro-military stance. Interesting. He said, you know, like I can't, I just can't abide this. And that, you know, that's actually, another movie I have never seen. I know. It's, yeah. it's on the list. Like, uh, it's the first half is incredibly stellar. The you second half, uh, yeah, it's, it's still good. It's still Kubrick, but yeah. you know, it's 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 like the first half like makes an amazing like short film on its own. Um, sort but, of like uh, watching season one of Twin Peaks, and then you're like, good, we're good, we're good, yeah, we're good, kind of, kind we're good. of, yeah. we could let you send it yeah. right there. We're yeah, good. I, I, yeah, I, I, if we if we ever watch it, I'll actually tell you the exact moment. That, yeah. uh, that you you know you theoretically could have stopped watching had we not been doing it for a podcast. Got it. Um, but um, yeah, and uh, I think also uh, Brian Adams 
refused to um, Brian Adams refused to uh, do the movie uh, too. You should turn your phone off. By yeah, the way. I'm sorry. <laughs> Brian I'm Adams should. Brian Adams actually refused to do the uh, the, the uh, song for the soundtrack for the same reason. Oh. Yeah, and uh, let me see. Uh, Ario Speedwagon also was going to be on the soundtrack, but they they didn't refuse it for anti-war reasons. They wanted to do an original song, and all the songs I think were not written by the pre- the people who performed them. Oh, I see. I think I think Giorgio Moroder actually did a lot of the mu- wrote a lot of the music, and uh, you know, and other people I guess did the lyrics. But uh, you know, like, and the soundtrack itself is it's it's like the most like it, this is high eighties. The soundtrack this is like basically the peak of like eightiesness. Of a soundtrack, you know, you've got Berlin's "Take Your Breath Away," which is a song that you know basically made them. Although yes. I guess they didn't really go anywhere other than with that song. Really, that was their big one. That was their big, uh, you know, their you've big got, hit. You, you've got Kenny Loggins. Uh, that he's got two songs playing with the boys, and that other one that we're not talking about the anymore. D, no, 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 no. It's a bop, 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 bop. Bop, 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 bop. I mean it, Allie. I will turn this podcast around and go right back home. <laughs> if we make, if we are not going to talk about it, we're not going to make jokes about it. It's already been beaten to death. You know, might as well start talking about phrasing while we're at it. No, we're not talking about it. Uh, so um, that's about the big the big things I know. You know about the about the movie that's like trivia. Oh, and uh, it was based on a, a magazine article, which you actually can see in the credits. Oh. Uh, a guy wrote an article uh, called Top Guns about like in, I guess 1983 or so hmm. about this uh, you know about this actual real you know fighter pilot program, and it you know. Got gradually transformed into you know again a recruitment film for the navy. A flim. Yeah, in fact, actually, this is a this when I say recruitment film for the navy, I'm not even really kidding. No, I know it. It feels na- that navy, way. No, navy uh, navy recruiters actually in some theaters set up booths outside, and the navy reported after the release of Top Gun they have a 500 percent increase in uh, in, in enrollment. Holy bajang! Enlist- that must have been part of the whole process to begin with, because. Otherwise, I mean, they got yeah. The Navy basically let them use a lot of really like high end equipment. Now, a lot of times, a lot of these shots that are done, like depending on the shot, they actually you know just did some shots of regular maneuvers. Okay, you know, like and like a lot of the activities on the like they couldn't tell the they weren't telling because a lot of those are real Navy crew members. So you know they didn't they weren't they couldn't tell them to do anything. All they could do is set up their cameras and shoot. Got it. For a lot of like the the on deck stuff. You know, they, the planes cost thousands of dollars in gas an hour. Wow. To, you know, like the, the movie paid for, you know, like, you know, like flying a jet for an hour is like seven or eight grand, I think. Amazing. It's like, you know, like the, uh, the military ain't cheap. Um, you know, it, it uses up a ton of gas, you know, jet fuel, you know, to do this kind of stuff. So the, the, the a lot of the budget went into like the, the stunt flying and things like that. And yeah. it really shows. I mean, it's, you know, like I... I have a lot of issues with this movie, but I have no issues with the fact that the flight the flight scenes are exciting. They are and exciting. Cool. Yeah. You know, they're like really well done. You know, um, and and oh, and uh, and apparently also like when they like they to get the sun like a lot of those shots you know see like the planes flying silhouetted by the sun or whatever. At one point, uh, the ship that they were on actually turned uh, uh, into a position that like because they were on their regular maneuvers turned into a position that was not a good shot and uh, uh, and uh, and Scott Tony Scott asked the uh, asked the you know the captain I, I need you to get back turn back in the, around so that we can actually get the shot we need yeah and he said you know it's gonna cost like twenty five thousand dollars to get this thing you know 
turned around and back into position and Tony Scott basically pulled out his checkbook and wrote wrote a check for 25 grand wow. so that he could get the shot he wanted. Wow. So yeah, but like like uh, this was a this was a very excellently shot movie. Yeah. Uh, they actually had a very renowned air photographer on the Cassia who who was taking shots of all the flying and then there was a, a trick and this is shades of goose there was a trick that of flying that he was doing a flat barrel roll or whatever. Mm-hmm. That he actually uh, actually couldn't pull out of, and they lost him during the filming. Uh, you know, he like sent a message basically saying, um, "I have a serious problem here," and they never they never recovered his body. <gasps> yeah. Oh my gosh! Okay, yeah. like let's just yeah, this, this is, is a bummer. This is the dark underbelly I know, of the Top Gun. I know. I should I should I should have waited for like two thirds of the People way. People are through. gonna like not wait, listen. I should have waited two thirds of the way through the podcast to do this, just like the movie did. When yeah. two thirds of the way through for like a half hour, it becomes the most modern yes, thing I've ever yes. seen. Well, so let's, uh, let's, let's go back to let's okay, go back let, to Goofy. Then. Okay. Okay. So then here's my question: What's your elevator pitch? My elevator pitch for this movie mm-hmm. is. Hey, U.S. Navy, let us use your jets to make a fighter movie, and we will sucker a bunch of dumb right-wing Reaganite idiots into being in your Navy. Okay. Um, here, Let me write a $25,000 check right to you right now, because that's right. enough to make this movie, right? Um, <laughs> well, it's, en- it's enough to do... One shot of Well, it's enough to move the ship into position for that one shot. So, um, let's see, what's my elevator pitch for this movie? Uh, Rebel pilot... Chasing Luke Skywalker. The rebel pilot chasing the ghost of his father. Luke Skywalker. Um, loses his best friend. Obi-Wan. But re-engages. With his sister. Sure. So I basically Because they made out. Yeah, 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 I got it. Yeah, got you it, just... Got it. So, yeah, I, I love this. Are there any Wookiees? <laughs> well, I guess Tom Skerritt's arms count. Yeah. Oh yeah, dude, dude, Tom Skerritt. Like, Tom Skerritt in that short sleeve shirt looked like he it looked like he was wearing a Robin Williams uh, sleeved shirt. Yeah, yeah, it was. <laughs> like, it was way wow. Hairy. He has yeah, Tom Skerritt. Scary Harry. Ape, ape arms. <laughs> Tom Tom Harrod. Aren't you proud of yourself no, for that? No, no. You're laughing a lot, pretty hard for someone who's not proud of herself. Oh god. I'm starting to laugh, but I'm not <laughs> laughing with you. I'm laughing at you. Well, you might. Okay, so let's dig in. So I want to talk about the fir- very first thing about this movie that um, I've seen this movie. I can't even tell you how many times. I love this movie. You, I don't care that it's yeah. – I don't – I'm not all like pro-military. Everybody jump in the Navy. But I, I definitely – Jump in the Navy. <laughs> jump in. Jump it in. Now, now, considering your dad the is – The Navy is not – the Navy is not a pool. <laughs> Yeah, no, yeah, my dad was in the Navy. Full disclosure, my father was in the Navy. Yes. He uh, he uh, worked on nuclear submarines as a fire control technician. Uh, you know, he was a, yeah, he was a submariner, which is yeah. like a, a submariner, pardon me. Submariner. You know, like the Prince of Atlantis, Namor. Yeah. Um, but, so he, but what uh, I, I do have to say about this movie is I, I just, I they're like. They're a read-apart, though. Yeah, they are. His movie is Hunt for Red October. If we, if we end yes, up doing that one. Yes, this is true. Yes, that, yeah. and that's a Top great movie. Top Gun's not his movie. I do love that movie, too. See, that movie does not make me want to join the Navy, though. No. I, like, I, I watched that movie with my dad in the theater, and I remember ter- like at one point he was telling me how this is all accurate. This is like all these different things like that was accurate yeah. to what they did or like what wasn't or whatever. And I remember going, you know what? You know, like the big thing was like we had much less room than this. It's about the main that, and I was like, Dad, Dad, nothing you say ever makes me want to follow in your footsteps when yeah, you talk like, about the navy. I don't know why. Like, because he for a long time he wanted me to be like. Of course he, he did. He mentioned like, oh, you ever considered the navy? You know, and uh, you know, like, Dad, look at me. Yeah. Just look at me. Yeah. Look at your son. Yeah, you wouldn't survive. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> you would I would not, not have survived. No, 
<laughs> and the Navy's like the most cream puff of all the of all well, the you're like made of like, spun oh, glass. Oh, oh. You would have gotten hurt. Wa- like I'm gonna get a Navy, I'm gonna get Navy people up there. The SEALs are gonna come after me after what I just said. Literally, you would get you would have gotten hurt just climbing down into the ship. Like yeah. that would have been. Oh, I pulled my groin muscle. <laughs> Stepping onto a dock. Oh, that was a step. Oh, oh. oh man. <laughs> yeah. So, um, but yeah. what I love about this movie is I is actually, it begins with a title card that you actually have to read in silence. No, not that oh, part. But God. I, I lo- they couldn't even get James Earl Jones. Okay, are you to gonna tell let me talk and say what I was gonna say, no, or are you gonna keep interrupting boring. me? Okay, well then you title. Card. Well then I can just leave and you can do the podcast by yourself. And why be all are you always so belligerent whenever I'm being whiny? Because you're just Mr. Whiny Pants. That's my character. Your character shouldn't then be belligerent. Your character uh, should be long suffering. Have you my, ever seen a sitcom? No. When the guy's a whiny, lazy piece of crap, you've got to be someone who's sarcastically needles him not okay, someone who well, gives up i'm gonna give up come on you're no. the cute wife to my big fat idiot I'm really not i don't know how to be anything but yes and me idiot. damn it all right so <laughs> my, one of my favorite things about this movie is the very beginning and not the title card where you have to read it fine whatever but it's the music that they have underneath it i know i always talk about the music but in this particular case i think it's a really nicely done piece of editing um the way that they they start the the music has sort of like a an underscore sound it's kind of low grumble like r- rumbling is this the theme from top gun or is uh-huh. this the, yeah the, it's the, that, that yeah that it's right before you hear the bell and yeah. that comes in and the bell comes in right when the the title of the movie pops up so you've been reading this title card about what top gun is with the sort of undertone underscore going on but then um, there's like a, it's almost like the music resolves into a, from a minor into a major moment or it like modulates. And it's such a nice moment because you see that, and it just, I don't know, it like makes you feel good. And I know I got excited. I get excited every time that happens. So um, stop it. I feel like you're making fun of me like the girls did at the Manic Street Preachers concert. And now I'm feeling really What girls nervous. made fun of you? Do I have to go beat up some girls? You don't remember? Oh, what? They were like, they're, I was dancing and having a really good time. And oh, oh like, that was your mistake. Funny. You were dancing and having a good time at a concert. You're making me feel by you. That was a joke, honey. Oh, okay. I'm so on your anyway, side on this. Oh, okay. Because I don't know. Anyway, so um, I love it. Yeah, it's weird that people would be that upset at a Manic Street Preachers concert, which is literally one of the few concerts I've ever seen with like they weren't fans upset. They were so just making, obsessive. They weren't, they weren't upset. They were just making fun of me. Is it because you danced like Elaine? Yes. Well, you were doing the Elaine for a lot of the concert. I, I, and my mouth was gaping open, I know, because I was really happy. Was it gaping open, or were you doing an overbite? No, I was... Were you biting that lip? Oh, oh, you were doing that. Okay, yeah. That, yeah. Um, for anyone who uh, has our special video content version, that was really hilarious. But for <laughs> those of us who are stuck on the audio-only version, uh, who haven't paid for the premium upgrade, I'm sorry. Um, but I, I assure you, she made a very goofy face. I did. Um, I am a goofy-faced... Goofy-faced Denise Huth. <laughs> No, let's not do that. Like, Come on. Making fun of Denise Hu. I'm not making fun of her. Is, is, okay, is, so is I, something for best two done things quietly. I always forget about this movie. One, that the opening credits look like a TV movie. Right, and that Tim Robbins and Meg Ryan are in this film, along with the dude who played Strickland from... James Tolkien. Yes. James Tolkien. We had a whole thing where I saw his name in the credits. I'm like, James Tolkien, who is that? I know that name. Who do I... And the moment he showed up, I'm like, there's James Tolkien. And I wrote, Once again, playing an authority figure. Yeah, kind of a dick authority figure, but well, like yeah. with a good heart. Well, Mr. Strickland is kind of a dick. With a good heart. With well, a with a with, with a, a heart soaked in booze. Heart soaked in booze. Oh God, I love how much of an alcoholic Mr. Strickland is. Can we just talk about Mr. Strickland for a while? I love him so. Sure, by all means. <laughs> um. Oh, 
Yeah, I don't know why I wrote this, but um, right after, so there's like the whole opening scene has to do with the 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 guys that are up there, you know, flying. Yeah, there's it's a guy like, named Cougar, I think. Cougar, and, uh, the main he's, guy. Uh, Cougar he's, and he's Merlin. He's like the, Cougar and Merlin. They're cops. Uh, <laughs> totally feels that way. Cougar and Merlin. Um, you know, Cougar is basically trying to find all the young boys. You know, because Cougar's in inner forties. Cougar, and, Cougar's no. the top in their school. He's like their. Yeah, well, I don't know. Are they really in a school right now, or are they in a like? I don't know where they are. They're. they're like, I think they are officially Navy pilots. Oh, but the right. Top Gun school is like for the elite pilots. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, so they're they're do, they're flying like regular maneuvers, and yeah. uh, they there's an issue and. Well, they get up there and then yeah, there's they they actually run into it's uh it's Tom Cruise and Anthony Edwards who's playing Goose and then yeah. it's oh and, and and that's like a Rio or something which I, I guess is an acronym that I don't know about the Rio being being the Goose. one behind yeah yeah Goose. that's gets Goose's yeah I'm not, I'm not really sure what a Rio you is you could look it up I, I, it's, uh, God that would take time yeah so anyway let's just assume he really loves Duran Duran yeah that's fine with me. Okay. Um, am I, yeah, okay. So, uh, anyhow, um. He's a Nagel painting. They're, 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 they're you know, there's two pilots in there. <laughs> I don't know the name of the plane. Somebody's going to be it's like. It's an F, uh, F14A uh, Tomcat. Oh, there you go. So there's two pilots in there because my, my friend, my cousin, um, was flying single man, single manned pilots. So, right. you know, pilot planes. So, and I don't remember what those were called, but I know they weren't these. So these were specific to this. But anyway, they run into uh, uh, some some company, quote unquote, with some Russians, quote unquote. And... Um, oh, the Rio's the radar intercept officer. Oh, there you go. So they, um, they get... Uh, they they end up having there's two MIGs is what they call them I don't know what it's actually that's a that's a that's a, that's a Russian plane yeah, I don't, Russian I don't plane. remember what MIG stands yeah, for but it's, but it's, it's, a, Russian it's a Russian plane. plane and so they end up I think they crossed over into their territory so it, it kind of became a threat or it was like a confusing situation and so they're now flying with these two guys and you know nobody wants to hurt anybody but you know so they start doing this it just gets scary for a while and Cougar freaks out basically. You know, by the way, if you ever want a technical term, we might as well just check uh, the Wikipedia page on this because Wikipedia is written by obsessives. Yeah. And nobody's more obsessive than military obsessives. Yeah. So MIG stands for Mikoyan Gurevich. Okay, and anyway. they were MIG-28s, specifically. MIG-28s. Okay, so anyhow, they the cougar freaks out and you see him looking at his a picture of his wife and kid when they were like, because the guy... Um, the MIG got a got a lock on him as if he was going to shoot a missile, and he didn't, and they were fine. Yeah, they do that. Yeah, that, that was the gamesmanship. Uh, yeah, it was the gamesmanship. Like, it, actually, like uh, in Hunt for Red October, when they do the sonar pings, my dad said they used to actually do that with Soviet subs. Yeah, uh, it's like a gamesmanship thing of going, "I see you, I have you locked, yeah. I can do this, I could hurt get you, get the hell out of the way." Yes, exactly, get out you of know, here. It, yeah. So essentially, they they get they they're done. It's all fine. Everybody's okay. There's you know some jokery. I they uh, Tom Cruise and Anthony Edwards, uh, Goose and Maverick shoot the bird at the guy, and yeah. it's like all Does fine, Goose whatever. Shoot the bird? Maverick takes, no, Maver- a, Maverick takes Maver- a Polaroid of it. No, Goose takes a Polaroid of it, and Maverick I mean, I mean that's what I'm saying. Bird. I meant to say that Goose takes a Polaroid. Yeah. I, said, I said it backwards. But Maverick shoots the bird. Yeah, only one of them shoots the bird. Just yeah, Maverick. but it's fine. The- and by the way, that is that is an incredibly risky use yeah. of a what four jillion dollar plane. Yeah. Anyhow, they they they're done. They're they're flying back to the ship, and Cougar won't won't fly back and they're out of fuel. Yeah. So it becomes this sort of tense situation and Maverick yeah, he's goes... he's too shaken to land, right? Right. So uh, uh, Maverick goes back up and they don't have the fuel for it but they go back up to get him because it's like, I can't leave him yeah. up there. He's up there. He won't come down. Yeah. And so they cut, bring him back down. They get it. They fly him back down. They kind of like, yeah. you know, stay yeah. on my wing, come back down and get him down and basically Cougar throw, give, says he's holding on too tight and he 
uh, turns in his wings. And because Cougar turned in his wings, that uh, Maverick and Goose were second in line, and they get their shot to go to Miramar. Miramar is where Top Gun is. Just to kind of give the exposition yeah, of what's yeah. going and on. I, because the way, it's important I, I to know note. Why, considering it was, it was the name of my college's mascot, yeah. the Cougars, Yeah. the word Cougar, I, every time I say it, I want to say Kruger. Kr- like Freddy? Yeah, like Freddy Krueger or like Krieger. I was actually the character from Archer. But like I want to I, I want to say Cougar. I'm Kruger instead of Cougar. And well, it, it's it's messing with my brain right yeah. now because I keep like I'm like well, we're probably done talking about him. So yeah, he, he leaves the movie. He now. leaves the movie at this point. Yeah, he's but gone. I have to say Bye, that Cougar. personally, I had I've watched this movie many times. I've I have yet to watch this movie since I've had a child. And I have to say, I had a personal emotional breakdown. I totally got where Cougar was coming from. I was feeling his pain and his fear. Yeah, that's right. You really broke down. I broke down. I was crying. And by the way, it was a triumph. Oh my god, almost a triumph of the will, I think, but triumph of my willpower. Oh god, sorry, German heritage. I apologize. Um, it was a, I, I overcame the desire to, to mock you for crying about Cougar, like completely flaming out, <laughs> like as an emotional moment. Because I, I'm gonna say this right now. I was like, I, I was not as moved by you. I mean, conceptually, I understand why you were moved, but it was so heavy handed. <laughs> I don't care it was heavy handed. I don't care it was heavy handed. <laughs> I didn't say that. I'm saying I just it, 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 Oh yeah, I didn't I didn't say well, I didn't say, it the, I didn't say it with that accent. Well no, the accent was there to to highlight the syntax. Well, okay, but it was it was emotional for me. So okay. I felt I felt for him. I'm sorry I'm sorry that you have feelings. We know we've I what have we told, what have we talked about about that? All movies are to be viewed with ironic detachment and mockery. Yeah, I know. I you know. know. I gotta work it's on okay. that. It's okay. We'll get there. Uh, so yeah, they. Um, not everybody and, can be as cold-hearted and unfeeling as you. I know, but you can try. We can. You know, and I. I, I so basically, right after this, uh, you know, like, so right, you know, like, first of all, before when, when they when they get called in the carpet about this and everything, uh, before he goes to Miramar, I just I noticed and I kept noticing. This is a sweaty. Oh, it's movie. a sweaty movie. This movie is way sweatier than I would have ever thought it was. There's sweat glistening on everything. Now, I know they're, they're, I guess in this case, they are in the Indian Ocean and everything, but it just feels like every chance this movie has to douse everyone in a thin, glistening sheen of sweat. Yeah, and it didn't you know? look like sweat as much as it looked like glycerin. Yeah. Like, oh, it yeah. actually looked like Well, because oil. it probably was. Yeah. You know? Like, just sheened everybody. Every, yeah, everyone's just so shiny and so sweaty. It's yeah. like, it's like a prison movie, but it's in the military. Yeah. And like, I mean, it borders on a porno. Yeah, a little bit. You know, and I, like, I, and everyone has everyone has joked about the fact that this movie has a ton, like a ton of homoerotic subtext that right. you can find if you're looking for it. It is, I mean, I I honestly was frankly, if it had had I not seen who directed this movie, I would have assumed that it was directed by Joel Schumacher. That's what I was gonna say. It, I it, was it, totally it, it gonna say that. It felt like a Joel Schumacher movie. It, did. it just had this. It had all this camp homoeroticism too. Yeah. It was very. Like, blatant. And that's one thing because, you know, the military obsessives are the ones uh, who write the Wikipedia pages, apparently. No one mentions even once on the Wikipedia page that it is... Like one of the most homoerotic movies I've ever seen. Well, of seen. course not, because well, I guess they wouldn't know which would, movies I've right. seen. Well, yeah, but I, okay. So I, I'm going to say this about this movie. This movie is pretty popular. People pe- pretty much know it. I I don't know that I want to walk through the whole plot of this movie. I think we need to jump around a little bit and talk about a couple of specific okay. key points in this movie. Okay. Specifically, because because here's the thing: I, when you get a movie that's like Top Gun, where most people have seen it, you're really of the exception that hasn't seen the movie. I know you saw the the vo- volleyball scene. Yeah, I've seen but, the volleyball scene. I've seen like, I, and I've seen of course. Of course, like 
pretty much all the videos that aired on MTV from yeah, it, you know, yeah. which has the highlights of the, the highlights movie. Highlights of the movie. And, and remember, the highlights of the movie are basically the flying scenes. The Not so much the scenes where people actually act with right. each other so, so what or I was gonna say, say about words. Right, so what I was going to say about that is that um, there are certain pieces of this movie that um, are so either A, gross, B, kind of awesome, yeah. and C, like 80s but er. You know what yeah. I mean? Like you kind of go like, er. so I'd like to talk a little bit about the gross parts. Yeah. I have to say, I mean, Tom Cruise is a very good looking man. I don't agree with his religious standpoints of the world um, and his craziness. Oh, you're being glib, Allie. What do you mean? Why? How? Oh, I don't understand what you're saying. Yeah, don't you? Didn't you see that thing where you, oh my God, that was like the most blatant reference to his Tom, what's his name? Uh, Today Show guy. Oh, Matt right, Lauer. Matt Lauer. You're, you're right. Glib, like, oh, Allie. that's right. That's right. That's right. I'm sorry. I totally forgot about that. You're being so glib that you forgot about I it. I totally did. I totally forgot. I was like, what is he talking about? And he's like staring at me with these like, come on. Don't make me jump on this couch because I will. You're <laughs> that part I remember. He's like, you're screwing up the podcast look in his eyes. If you guys have ever seen the panic that Walter has. It's Actually, it's not panic. It's, it's panic. it's incredulousness it's that pain, you missed. It's anger and pain. It's incredulousness. But here's the gross thing. Okay, so, so I think that Tom. <laughs> the gross thing is Goose's jams in the volleyball scene. Yeah, that's pretty funny. I actually think that's pretty funny. I think that's pretty awesome and pretty 80s. But oh, yeah. Oh, no. Okay, so, I like so Goose. I'm not going to so, make fun of Goose. So, so, but I have to say, it's supposed to be sexy, but one of the most disgusting things oh. I think I've ever seen on screen are when Kelly McGillis and Tom Cruise tongue kiss each other. And it happens over and over oh, and over. So it's like they're nasty. licking each other's throats. Now, you know what? I'm it's not going to. so I'm not gonna, horrifying. I'm not going to engage in any of the, the very common rumors about Tom Whatever, Cruise. yeah. But, you know, in the last few years, Kelly McGillis, you know, came out as a lesbian. And I, I have to say, in <sighs> all honesty... It does, like, knowing that, it's like, yeah, this is something she's not as into. Yeah, fine. Like, I know I'm saying, like, yeah. I don't think she, I just don't think she could pretend to care about it. And, like, they try really hard, but, like, it's, there's no chemistry sexually between the two of them at all. And what's fucking hilarious is both Val Kilmer and Anthony Edwards have more sexual tension yeah. with Maverick and more chemistry. Yeah. Than Charlie does. Yes, I agree. And like, it's, like Val Kilmer and him are so close to fucking. Like <laughs> almost every moment of that film, like they are just leaning well, right into each other's Quentin faces. Quentin Tarantino, had, had, they, I don't know if it's a movie or something that he has a whole quote about it. And he's like the whole thing at the end where Val Kilmer's like, um, "You can be my wingman anytime," and he's like, "Shit, you can be mine." And like what they're what they're really saying about being yeah, each yeah, other's yeah. No, wingmen. Like I'm not gonna go deep into it because yeah. we all get it. We We're all not gonna go reference. deep into it. I'm just. <laughs> Now you're about to get that look again. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm just saying that is like in any other movie, if you would had like if if you had if it was a man and a woman in any given heteronormative movie, yeah. they would have kissed immediately. They may have it may have been an awkward moment, yeah. and they may have never talked about it again. But they were always they are so fucking close to doing it yeah. the entire goddamn movie. Yeah, and it's not just them. It's like the it's like there's so much like free testosterone floating around with nothing to attach to, and they're uh, it's it's astonishing. Well, Slider wanted to put it in Slider. Slider wanted to put it in uh, in ice the entire movie. Oh my god! Well, he was yeah, he was definitely like you know, like completely like into him yeah. it was it was gross yeah. how into him he was yeah you know like the only the only one of them and 
like, there's still some tension between Goose and Maverick, but at least Goose, like, seems like a normal human being with a family and, yeah. like, not, like, a fuckboy out to, like, get <laughs> nailed. Like, it is so weird. Because none of these people are gay. They all kind of express, like, overt heterosexuality whenever mm-hmm. they have a chance to. So, mm-hmm. like, I'm not saying none of them are gay, you know. <laughs> Maybe they're all in the closet. But the movie presents them as straight, mm-hmm. supposedly. But all of them are just up each other's grill all the time about everything. There's just ass slapping and like yeah, it's a little groping and like. It's, and I, here's the thing: I don't mind any of that. Is oh, I don't I mean, mind it. Right, but I'm just I'm saying, saying it's as not... long as they're like being open about the fact that if somebody had to at least speak to it, nobody spoke to it. If somebody would have yes. spoken to it, if it would have just been brought like if up, just one or one person somewhere would have said. God, it's like, it's weird. You guys are such macho pigs, but like, it's basically a bathhouse in your, in your locker room. Mm-hmm. You know, like it, like it's, it's, but it, the, the movie resolutely, and I feel like there's a lot of people who appreciate this movie for a camp factor that was not intentional. Yes. That is all over it. Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. know, like it is just, like it's, it's the most creepiness. Like, like again, like, you know. Like the, this gives me a hard on, don't tease me line. Oh, yeah. Oh, you know, just, ah, yeah, it's just, it's, it's, but like, yeah, like going, but to go back, yes, the actual heterosexual lovemaking in this movie is nauseating. It's nauseating. And it's terrible. I I would, I would much rather as a heterosexual man, watch a gay porn where the actors were actually into it. (laughs) <laughs> then watch this because at least well, at least they were in, they would be enjoying themselves. Well, it literally looked like because they do it in this it's sort like, of it's silhouette. Like, I'm gonna go fuck my girlfriend. Lick, lick, tongue, but tongue, like, to like show. But it's but it's done in the silhouette most of the time, or like in low, low light, yeah. and so all you see are these tongues, like, and I'm like, yeah, are you like, licking oh, her uvula? God, what are like, you doing? Yeah, it, it looks like it looks like an actual like mollusk is climbing <laughs> out of one shell into another shell. <laughs> you know, like some sort of hermit clam, <laughs> like or, or something. It's, it's it's so sickening. It's like that picture that's it's either a vase or it's two disgusting faces slamming tongues together. <laughs> it's so oh, wrong. God, it's like watching the Electric Company but X-rated. It's it is so just nauseating. Yeah, it's really a- terrible. A- Ape. <laughs> yeah, it's so wrong, and it's and it and, and and it happens once, and you're like, oh god, that was ja- that was just bad. Oh, uh, and, and then, then it's like, over, oh, and you're like, over, and you're like, like okay. God, and then it happens again later, and you're like, no, please, no, please, stop, 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 please don't do it again. Oh god, I have to endure this again. Like to me, that might actually be the the most the hardest part to watch of the movie, even though the saddest part of the movie is is yeah. spoilers oh. when Goose dies. So, oh yeah! Oh 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 God! Before we get to that, yeah. oh God! I'm just I'm remembering now. Also in the in the love ma- love making love scene, making. you can see his thrusts, and it's so nasty. Oh yeah! Oh my God! It's so nasty. You know he like like there was more eroticism in that volleyball scene, and I'm not even joking. Yeah. Like I know that's the joke, but there really is. Oh yeah. God! It's so nasty. It's so robotic and uh, intensely gross. Oh yeah. my flesh is crawling. And for some reason. I don't know what it is. I don't know why, but I feel like I don't know. They don't they don't match up age wise, and I feel it's because Tom Cruise always looks so young to yeah, me. Yeah, Tom Cruise looked younger than he was, and I think Kelly McGillis looked older, older than, than she was. was. And I think she was supposed to be a little older than him. Yeah, but like she's a civilian expert. Yeah, but it's she it's, just seems yeah, it's it just a weird s- age gap thing. I don't know something really just kind of false like. Ugh. Which uh, you're saying her call sign should have been cougar. Uh, to yes. I finally found the place where the cougar yes. joke would work. There you it go. It took me this long. 
And Ugh. okay, so here's the thing. I want to talk a minute about um, the big, the big scene that everybody talks oh. about, which is when he tries to woo her. Because oh, yeah. I have, I have yeah. a whole, I have to talk about this because this is this is so bizarre that this happened. So um, okay, everybody knows the scene where he's like, "Excuse me, madam. Oh, I'll take care of this." And then he sings, "You've lost that love and feeling to Ugh. her." Okay, and it's terrible. And I actually appreciate the fact that he can't sing. I think that's good. I, I, I they did a very nice that, job. I, say, I do want to say I like that because it seems like nowadays in movies. We've crossed this weird line where you can't have a character who can't sing. Right. We talked about this in Adventures and Babysitting. Yeah, too. like you cannot like it yeah, it's it's nice to see like it's okay that he can't sing. Yeah. He's not supposed to be a singer. But I right. feel like in nowadays in a movie, if like anyone breaks into song for any reason, they're gonna be so pitch perfect they're probably gonna be auto tuned. Yes. Like it's gonna be like it's gonna sound like there's a backing band that shows up. Yes. And sometimes you know? it does. It's yeah. like ridiculous. Yeah. So this was like a karaoke situation. But then again, that's true from like Elvis movies on, you know, like when some character starts singing yeah, and suddenly there's a full band. Full band and they're all singing with them. Yeah. But what I what okay, so that whole scene, everybody knows you're dressed to woo and then she's like, sit down, so you know, whatever pilot or whatever she says. And he sits down and then there's this whole discussion about whether or not they're actually gonna get together, blah, 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 whatever. Okay. Everybody knows this scene. Whether you've seen this movie or not, this scene is pretty freaking famous as far as 80s movies go, right? It's not fine. as famous as his douchey ride the motorcycle down the runway scene. Yes, but, but, you know, but okay, Not fine. as iconic, but yeah. You know what I'm saying. So um, we we do this, we, we watch this this movie, and then um, sometimes we are able to record right away. Sometimes we can't record right away. So there was a couple of days gap between when we saw this movie and when we're recording this. And in that gap, I went and saw a... Uh, an up, uh, updated, I'm saying in quotes, um, a, a set in modern times v- version of Othello at Chicago Shakespeare, um, which is like the big Shakespeare uh, theater in Chicago. Fine, go in. I'm really excited about it. I hear it's Othello. It's they've, I know that they've updated. They've really like pulled the military aspect in and it's like really intensely done, blah, 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 whatever. And pieces of this that I think I missed, I don't think I've ever actually seen Othello done on stage. I've read it a number of times. I've never I've seen, seen it done on stage. I've seen I've a ton it, of, yeah. yeah, I've seen like, I've seen scenes from it, but I've never seen the whole play done. And I, I guess it just escaped me in the process of knowing this play, and I know it pretty well, um, that that they're sending Othello off to fight and he won't leave without Desdemona. She goes with him. So what they do in this particular version of this, it's not that she just goes with him, but like in this one, they actually have her on the military base. So it's a really interesting take of this of this play, what they decided to do. So she's, you know, she's not dressed in fatigues, but she's in like the same color scheme. Right. And Amelia is actually in fatigues and she's the the soldier who's there to take care of her she's her you know lady in wait lady in waiting is not the right term but you know what i'm saying yeah whatever. um and and she's like serving uh, uh desdemona but she's actually a soldier and in fatigues and the whole thing it was a really interesting take on this so between act one or not act one but between where they had the the intermission like the end of the the first half and then the second half um they were resetting the stage and as they were resetting the stage, they set it up for the, as it was like the, uh, what is it called? The mess hall, right? Where the where they all eat? Yeah. Okay. So they're setting it up like a mess hall and they, it was like Christmas time and they had a karaoke machine and they were all singing around, they were playing, whatever, and they were singing all these crazy, like fun, updated, funny songs or whatever. And the very first scene is Desdemona walks into the mess hall. Right. And as Desdemona walks into the mess hall, what do you think they started to sing? Yes, baby, baby. <laughs> and it was actually incredibly charming and really sweet. Okay, that's really funny that you say that. But, <laughs> but at the same time, if you know the play of Othello and you know it's, 
you know what I'm saying? And you know what's coming up and you know what's really going on. It's actually super creepy. Yeah, it's ultra creepy. Ultra creepy, right? Can I I just say this, though? Even taking the Shakespeare out of it. Yeah. The scene is not charming. It's creepy. It is creepy. Cruz is a creeper. He is a creeper. He's creeping on her hard. Like, the fact that it works... Doesn't mean it's not creepy. Yeah, agree. Like, it's wrong the way he, like, just, he sleazily, like, sings at her and, like, won't leave her alone and gets the, basically the whole bar to do it to her. Mm-hmm. That's the most toxically gross masculine <laughs> culture thing. Like, ugh. You know, it, it's it's disgusting. It's, yeah. like, it's, not, it's not charming. You know, it, it's it's gross. Yeah. Like. There's a lot of pressure in that. Yeah, it's a lot of pressure in that. And, 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 and she, she does hold her own. She, but. But she shouldn't have to hold well, her Well, the thing own. is that he goes, I think the thing that's creepier, it's not that part that's creepy to me. It's when he follows her into the bathroom. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's no, the part that I'm that like, is... that's stalking. Yeah, no, that's, yeah, and that's that's what I'm talking that's about. Like, celery, that's celery stalking. <laughs> but I'm that's Holiday Inn. That's Benicula. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, but it's, um, it, it's just, yeah, it's, it's, it's. It's very disgusting, and it's it's. It, I mean, it's fairly common in movies, even to this day. I yeah. feel like romantic comedies do it. You well, know, we've like talked the about crazy stalker. Yeah, you know, situation. somebody has to be crazy in a rom com. Yeah, basically any any behavior, like this is a romantic comedy behavior. Yes, but it's made. I think all the more creepy because this isn't supposed to be a comedy, right? I mean, it's got humorous moments. Yeah, but it's still like, whoa, dude, dude, chill. Yeah, you don't chase a woman into the fucking ladies' room. Yeah, really to hit on her. Oh, okay. Like, that's supposed to be, that, I mean, that is supposed to be a safe space. Mm-hmm. I mean, technically the whole friggin' bar should be a safe space yeah. from your nasty little Tom Cruise behavior. But, you know, it's, it's, it's just, it's vile. And before, but before that song starts, we, that's also when we, we get to meet Iceman. Yes. And I, I just have to point out, you know, cause it's like in this section, so I don't forget, uh, you know, I, I just want to point out Val Kilmer is so good at playing an unlikable prick. Oh, yeah. He is so hateful. Now, I know Val Kilmer has a reputation for being a difficult person to begin with, but Jesus, everything that Iceman does makes me want to stab him. Yeah. And it's it's interesting because he's basically a villain, but he's not really a villain. No, he's not. I, I mean, they do say that point, like, when we all get finished, we're all on the same side yeah. here. You know, but it's like he is... God, he's such a cock in this movie. He's I actually think gross... Slider's... Uh, well, Slider's a... Slider's, Slider's a Weasley and shitty. Well, Slider's shitty too. Slider's... Well, Slider's, Slider's a guy who's defining himself as Iceman. He's the friend of the bully. Yeah, yes. You yes. know, he's the guy who hangs out with the bully so that the bully won't beat him up. Oh, know? yeah, exactly. Yeah, but yeah. So, uh, yeah, I agree with you. I just you. wanted to get that in there before. No, I... And, and also, somewhere around... Yeah, and, and, and somewhere around this part, I, I guess, is when... Um, when... Uh, I'm not sure who who makes fun of him. Maybe it was Charlie. Someone said, "Did your mother not like you?" When oh, he says because his name's Maverick. His name is Ma- Maverick, yeah. And I I just want to throw this out here mm-hmm. because Allie and I had a whole big discussion about this whenever we were coming up with baby names. Yeah. That Allie likes the name Maverick as I a do. name, I as do. a first name, not as a nickname. You know, Where's as the a name. name. Where's the middle name? name? I'm saying right now that is the most Sarah Palin thing you've ever said. <laughs> You know, and I'm so glad uh, I didn't let you name our son Trig or Spork or Flim or whatever name she had names her kids. Mm-hmm. I just want to get that out there because I, 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 it's not slander to say this. Allie loves the name Maverick. Please tell her that's as wrong as us doing a Grey's Anatomy podcast would be. Well, first of all, I don't love the name Maverick. Oh, you I do. Like the name Maverick. You, you want to make sweet love to the name Maverick on the beach, and that's not good because you'll get sand all over. Oh God, don't don't make love on a beach, people, unless you have something underneath you because it's just so gross. But my point is, 
Um, I like the name Maverick. I really do. I still like it. And you can't you can't tell me I'm wrong. I can I mean, because you are. You can, but you're wrong. And by the way, um, as far as our Grey's Anatomy podcast that you'll be doing, I will not in the future. Um, I think uh, I think we just need a little bit more um, uh, support on this from the the Twitterverse. I know there's a few people who said that they would listen to it. I think uh, uh, you know how can Hockey I, Night CT, CT CT is full of it. He, he CT wouldn't, he is wouldn't not listen full to it. it. He wouldn't I believe listen to CT it. doesn't lie. He, I actually think CT ta- tells the truth. That's my feeling about CT. I think he's just he's just trying to get you to he's just trying to get you to do this so that I will suffer, but he won't listen to it. Oh, no. oh that's fine with me. I am <laughs> fine with that. Don't care. <coughs> I mean, lie to me. It's all good. But um let's I'm just, not doing a lie to me podcast. Just, I don't care how much you love Tim Roth. Just ma- let's just make uh let's make uh Walter suffer, y'all. Yeah. Because it would be suffering with an O. Suffering. Suffer, yes. Suffering. Okay, so going on to you know, what you um, were gonna say. So and I well, I think that was basically it. And I I, I also around uh, around this point in the movie, I had I had at one point had the, the thought in my head of doing the way you did with Commando mm-hmm. and start and count the homoerotic uh, moments oh, yeah, in the movie. Oh, yeah, why would you do that? But it is like counting the kills in Commando. Yeah, it really it is. It is wall to wall. It is packed. It is overstuffed like a sausage with about two pounds too much meat in it. Yeah. You know? It and there's is, there's a lot of smoking in this movie, too, which I wrote down about Tom Skerritt was smoking in the school. Um, yeah. Jester. Oh, no, Jester was smoking. Jester right? was yeah, smoking. Yeah, uh, Michael Ironside. Michael Ironside. Who was actually, I think, pretty badass in this movie, too. Oh, he's always badass. I mean, he is, but he was really he's a, badass. You know, you know what Michael Ironside is... What I think when that movie was made, I I'm pretty sure he was younger than we are now. Really, Michael Ironside was born 55 he years really old. He really feels that way. Like I, I I am fairly I am fairly. He does feel like he's Michael in his late Ironside 40s. Yeah. Like, yeah, like let me see here, Michael Ironside. Let me see when he was born. This movie came out in 1986. Yeah. Michael Ironside was born in 1950. He was 36 years old. Wow. He feels like he was three years younger than me and four years younger than you, Grandma. Thank you for <laughs> telling everybody how old I am. I really appreciate you, that. I, I, as we've said before, we said how old we were in the pilot. Anyone who's been following us knows how old we are. That's true. You know, so it is not, this isn't a big, big reveal. But I'm just saying, Michael Ironside looks, again, he was born ancient. Mm-hmm. Michael Ironside was born 55 years old. Because mm-hmm. there's, like, like, he looks. I am I am very near to 40 myself. I'm willing to bet if you came to me in 10 years when I am 50 and held a picture of me next to Michael Ironside in this movie and said, who's older? Mm-hmm. You're going to pick Michael Ironside. Yeah. By, and you're going to be wrong by a mile, but good God. Michael Ironside now looks his age now that he's 66. <laughs> <laughs> by the way, that means, by the way, that... Top Gun was 30 years ago. 30 so years scary ago. When you think about oh it. Oh god, we're so old. We're so old. Oh my goodness. So yeah, it's um and, and uh, around this time also I I believe I wrote uh down uh, Christ this movie is dumb. Mm. This is a dumb movie. Okay. Like this is a really dumb movie. Okay. Like th- this movie's dumb. Okay. You look at me like yeah, it's okay. dumb. I'm going to say right now out of all the movies we've done, out of all the movies we've done, this may be one of the dumber ones. And really? think about the movies. Think about the fact Why that we... Why do you d- think it's dumb? It's just dumb. It's it's like, it's a bunch of lunkheads, like, making fun of each other in the worst, lamest way possible. Like, Slider, you stink. Mm-hmm. Like, that's, I the, think that's there what are passes dumb for li- discount. I think just, there's dumb there's lines. There's lots of dumb lines. But I don't, think the, I don't think it's a dumb movie. It's a movie full of cliches. Like all the all the famous lines of this movie are things that were probably made up somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Your mouth writing checks, your ass can't cash. You know, <laughs> like it's, it's a fucking cliche. 
cliche. It's like the cliche-o-matic 9,000 just spat out the they dialogue. Got, they got a bunch movie. of Catskills writers to do all the... Uh... Oh, no, I, well, I wouldn't even say Catskills. It was like, guys, it was like a bunch of wannabe fucking, like, Arlie Hermes, you know? And he wasn't even well-known then. Mm, true. <laughs> it's just, it's just, it's, it's nothing but just, I mean... For every negative ghostwriter, that pattern is full, which just sounds fun to say. Mm-hmm. You know, you get, like, you, this checks cash bullshit lines, you know? It's just, it's a dumb movie. It's it's just lunk-headed. Mm-hmm. First of all, the movie's politics are, like, it, it's the stupid, like, it's like there's, first of all, they can't even say Russia. Oh, yeah. It's just like fucking Jim Cotta. They mm-hmm. won't say that it's the Russians. They just said, like, the enemy. No, they say Russian. When? They, when they talk about the MiGs. They just say they're MIGs. Mm-mm. They bring a Russian. The pilots have red stars. They don't even have like the, they don't even have like hammer and sickles. They just have the Russian star. Mm-hmm. They don't have anything else. There's no insignia, and I don't think they actually say Russian. I think they I think they just and the thing is that that flyover was not in Russian airspace. Mm-hmm. They were in the Indian Ocean. Mm-hmm. Russia doesn't touch the Indian Ocean. No, no, no. This is true. No, no, they're. I think they specified it was the Indian Ocean because they were afraid that the Soviet government would complain about the, like, U.S. propaganda films. Mm. You know? Because it, it really doesn't say... Because basically we beat the Russians in this in, a, in, a, in, a, in an actual, like, violent diplomatic incident. Mm-hmm. We kill people. Mm-hmm. Like, this is... Yeah, we start a war. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, it's not... It's not, it doesn't, you know, end up that way. It's, it's a dumb movie. It's a dumb movie for dumb people who like dumb things. And it's fine because I love dumb movies. Commando's a dumb movie. Mm-hmm. But, like, Commando has, like, a sheen of goofiness to it. Yeah. Like, that, like you, you know Commando knows it's not serious. This movie takes itself so seriously that you have to find a lot of the humor ironically. Right. Like, Except for scene, when Goose dies. Yeah. That's the only time you any can scene, find it. Well, right. the, Wait, you don't, you don't, you, so you unironically find Goose funny, because I was talking about the comedy of the movie, but okay. No, but actually Goose, I will say this, Goose is like a real human being mm-hmm. <coughs> who has been dropped into a movie full of cartoons. Mm-hmm. Which is funny, because he's the one that, like, was the comedy. Yeah, but like, but he's the comedy guy who obviously is trying to make people laugh because he's awkward and goofy. Mm-hmm. You know, he's not the handsome, cool guy that everyone else is in right. the pilot school. right. It's like this whole pilot school is a bunch of... He also seems older than the rest of them. It's probably because he's married and has a mustache. Is that why? Yeah, he's married and has a mustache. Hmm. Married to Meg Ryan, by the way. Yeah. Who also makes her little, you know... Yeah, this is... I don't know know when Meg Ryan's career really took a jump. I I, I can't remember what her first... I think it was when Harry Met Sally was like her really big... Yeah, well, that was a couple years after this. So this is a young Meg Ryan. But like, this is like... Meg Ryan, like, at, like, beginning to peak in her charming era before she had all that plastic surgery and became her terrifying era. Oh but, like, this is, like, the charming Meg Ryan era. And she, and I gotta say, good job, Gilbert the Nerd. Yeah. You know? Very well. And their kid was so cute. Their kid was very cute. Yeah. Their kid you know? was very cute. Very, very cute. You know, and I, that was I actually was moment. kind of amazed. And, like, I feel like it would have muddied the waters in this movie, but it would have made it a much more complex and interesting movie. I was kind of amazed that when Goose died... That she didn't resent Maverick more. Yeah. Like, never once. They didn't even allow it for, like, a brief moment. She didn't even say, I wanted to hate you for this, but I know it wasn't your fault. Yeah. And it wasn't his fault. They made it very clear that it was not his fault. Yeah, he even gets, like, you know... You know, they, they even... Go, they go so far as to make sure that the tribunal, like, checking it out... Yeah. Like, is on screen. You know, like, they, they drop in a little... Just for a moment, it goes into A Few Good Men. Yes. And then goes back out. Yes. Oh, there's a good movie. It's, 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 it's good. I like that movie. It's good. It's a solid movie. Yes. 
It is. So, so Anthony Edwards, um, way to go. Because he, I think he is really the thing that ties this movie together. Yeah. Um, um, and and we know that... Uh, oh, by the way, but before I forget, Clarence Gilliard uh, was in this movie. Um, Clarence Gilliard, who was in... A, what, 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 he was in one of our movies already. Uh, but... Um, but he he played uh you know he was in the in the Top Gun group and he was um God this is gonna drive me crazy because I know he was in something that we did oh he's a Die Hard he played Theo in Die Hard Theo and Die Who's the... oh Theo yeah yeah but he played Sundown in this oh he was Sundown yeah and I think it's a little weird that this movie has a black character named Sundown he's also the only one with mirrored sunglasses <laughs> no does it Maverick have mirrored sunglasses. Different, different mirror. Like they're like really obviously mirrored. Right, right. Like it's like they really set them apart. Right. It's just uh, the reason I say that is because you know the term sundown. One, it makes it implies that like he's black. But you know, sundown towns. That's a really awkward nickname. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it feels a little. Weird. Speaking of the nickname, I mean, I, so, I mean, Mash had a guy named Spear Checker in it. So who am I to throw? Stones? I do. I do think it's but, really um, awesome. At the end of the movie, they actually give. Um, they talk about the guys who were flying the planes. I think, and yeah. then they give. They give all their call signs, and that was really fun to yeah, see. That was fun, you know, like yeah. you know, pork chop and ham bone, and I'm just hungry. I'm just trying to make. Apparently, I'm trying. I was trying to make. Did up you fake, just eat a pot roast? Yeah, pot roast was one of the pilots. I think. <laughs> um, I was trying. I was trying to come up with fake. What was called the rabbi? The, the rabbi was a fun. The one. rabbi, yeah, yeah. That was a fun the one. rabbi. That was fun. Yeah. Um, turns out he was Jewish. Shocker! Uh, I know. Yeah. Right. It was really originally it was the rabbit, but uh, you know, then he lost. They found out he hated tea. Stop! Just stop! <laughs> just stop! So um, <laughs> that's the worst. I'm. That's like that's not even a dad joke. That's just like a dad. It's statement. like you just being dumb is really what it is. Um, so yeah, you. Um, so yeah, I, it's funny. Like I mean, I don't really want. I don't know. Like there's, we could. Go, I mean, okay, you know, we could talk about Goose and how sad that is, and it's awful. And you know, Maverick doesn't want to get back up. In and the, then, yeah, and then it gets, it just gets bleak for a yeah. really long time. Yeah. You know what we didn't go back. What we didn't talk about when we were talking about the nasty, 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 nasty bumping of Muppets oh. from uh from uh from the two of uh, yeah. them. Uh, we didn't talk about the fact that every time before they ever before they ever have any 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 of their intercourse yes, yes. with each other <laughs> um every moment that could possibly be romantic immediately the music for take your breath away comes yes, it's so true it's so heavy-handed and it's a and we talked about Giorgio Moroder uh before I forget um also in the soundtrack heavily the Top Gun theme being performed by him and some other and a lot yeah. of score moments Harold Fultonmeyer who is like the '80s of '80s like score guys? Yeah. Also in there, and I just I just want to I just want to include that. I'm so you know? glad you pointed that out for me. Because it is like if you want to talk this movie, this is the mo- this movie may be the moment when the 1980s crawled up its own ass. Well, like this is this is like where the '80s I think started devouring itself. Because I would dare say that like all right, music was already like getting real crappy in the pop, pop music. There was some great music in the late '80s that wasn't like on like the pop radar, but pop music was really shitty from about like about 85 on it was pretty shitty in the mm-hmm. 80s you know in the pop world but like i feel like 86 is that tipping point where like 85 to 86 it's like it was pretty shitty but you have these random good moments like i feel like this this movie might be the moment when all 80s pop culture started imploding mm. it, it becomes it, it's like the high 80s have hit its peak and now that like they've jumped the shark to use another cliche They've entered the day. I almost said it, <laughs> but I'm giving you the look. I know, but like they they they've crossed that line. You know, they've crossed the Rubicon. Yes. I'm gonna see how many metaphors I can throw in here. Keep going. 
They're more fun than a barrel of monkeys. No, <laughs> they've crossed that line. And from then on, the 80s are in a downward spiral from this moment, like culturally. We've crossed the movies. Movies have gotten dumber and crazier. Okay, so let me just ask you this question then. Because, you know... Fashion not, gets worse. Nothing makes me feel happier than when I can um, make you suffer. So... Um, <laughs> <laughs> that was in our vows, actually. I, I remember that very clearly. So here's my question for you. <coughs> the, the reason... And I will let you defend this this point. The reason that you, after this dumb movie that you watched, that you spent a solid 30 minutes, I would say, watching all of the music videos oh my God, for, for this movie. For negative reverse nostalgia. Mm, okay. It's, it's the obsession with the bad that I've got in me. Mm. You just keep telling us that just yeah. just as much as you. Oh, man. By the way, the video, the, there there were four videos mm-hmm. on that. We rented this in the library. There were four videos for the movie that were on here. And one of them was the 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 haunting Top Gun theme yes. as performed by Harold Faltmeyer and I, some guitarist guy who I who played for like, I think it was, was it Billy Joel's guitar? Not Billy no. Joel. I, I was going to say Billy Idol, but I don't think it was him. It was, but it was uh, one of those guys who like is like a session man. Yeah. Um, and the video for that is the most ridiculous shit you just about ever saw. It's like well, them in a hanger, yeah. and and you were you were talking about like Harold Faltmeyer. He's playing a piano, and by the way, he is he's one of those guys that was not made for music television. Yes, you know, like a Christopher Cross whose career kind of ended the moment MTV came up. Yeah, you know, because it was like, oh, this guy uh, really looks goofy, but he's this like tubby dude with a beard playing playing. He's playing the piano in the video, and the music is vibraphone. Yes, the most. <laughs> It is like, it, it's he's a playing piano. This it's beautiful. Not a, it's not a grand. Keyboard. No, he's playing. It's a grand piano. piano, and it, it sounds like a vibe. It sounds it's like vibes. It's like the strangest. Thing. Yeah, it's 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 it's. It, it would honestly be like if you saw like like a video where a guy had like a wooden acoustic guitar and it was just shredding a Van Halen solo. Yeah, it's like no, that doesn't work. Doesn't, that that, that doesn't sound work. will not come out. That does not of work. that instrument. <laughs> My brain is is exploding in my head right now with that. Yeah, it was just so weird. Um, so there's that, and then you know, you know, I don't know. Like I feel like there's, I don't know. I feel like there's like more we could say, but at the same time, I'm like, I don't. I'm not. I'm not like over it, but I'm like, what else is there to say about? Well, we've covered Top Deuce's Gun jams. I mean, we could talk about the Hamlet um, 80s, moment, like how he feels hands. like his father disappeared and. You know, Maverick's father disappeared and nobody really knows what happened. Then he has to get the real story from Tom Skerritt. And oh, yeah. There's this whole subplot of that. And he's up there chasing a ghost, ghost rider. Yeah, uh, here. Um, you can talk um, about that if you want. Well, I, actually, I want to, I, 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 do you remember? Um, no. I can't even remember which song it was. Probably Dock of the Bay is in this movie. Yeah. And I got really mad. Do you remember that? Because like this movie has like the eightiesest of eighties soundtracks, yeah. and it's just, like. And the thing is, it's like mediocre, shitty eighties music, pretty much all the way yeah. through. You know, it's 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 like yes, I know some people just stand, stick by the 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 you know the the flight music that begins with D from this movie as being a great, exciting song. It's a great and exciting in the shittiest eighties way possible. Take your breath away is a terrible song. I'm sorry, it's bad. It's just obnoxious. Yeah. It's like Drive by the Cars sung by a woman. Mm-hmm. You know, it's bad. You know, and, and Drive by the Cars is a bad song. If anyone it's out a terrible there, terrible song. Allie and I have I arguments all the time about whether the Cars song. are a good band or not. I think they're a good band, but she, she, song. because of that song, Allie will that not actually value even the good ever. songs they do. God, Drive Everybody is terrible. So I agree. Drive song. is the is the catcher in the rye of of songs. Um, but like, I got really mad that Otis Redding was in this movie because I'm like, don't put your <laughs> good music in the middle of this '80s nightmare soundtrack. Well, you realize that Love and Feeling is not an '80s song. Yeah. 
You Lost That Love and Feeling is not an 80s song, but it's also not sung by the Righteous Brothers. True. In the movie, it's just sung by Tom Cruise. Yeah, but it is sung by them, it, like when they put the thing in the jukebox. Yeah, but he sings, they all sing over it. I guess. You know? Like, it just said, it didn't get me as mad as Otis Redding. Well, they Plus, weren't singing to the music when they did that. They were doing that a cappella. Oh, you're right. When I, they actually put the I thing think I'm just mad about Otis Redding. Okay, the Righteous, the righteous Brothers. I'm sorry. Look, the you're going to have bro- a thing with you and Otis, man. I'm just saying Otis Redding died too young, and the Righteous Brothers lived long enough to make terrible songs. So it's, oh, like. What, like Unchained Melody? No, I, I was going to say, If you believe in forever, <laughs> baby, life is just a one-off stand. Oh, Lord. <laughs> So, yeah, yeah, it's like... Oh, man. So, I guess we could talk about the aesthetics of Tom Cruise in this movie. The aesthetics of Tom Cruise? The aesthetics of Tom Cruise. Now, Tom Cruise... Him in his underwear? Well, that's risky business, but... He's also... Oh, no, I know he's his underwear in this one, too. No, I'm going to say, like, like the fashion choices he makes, because some of them are pretty solid. You know, he mm-hmm. went with the basic jeans and a t-shirt for a while. That white tee. That's a, that's a good look for mm-hmm. just about any guy who's in shape, you know. Uh, but then there's his flight jacket. What about it? How much flair could one man have? On a, that is like, that is the kind of jacket that, you're like, when you're working at like TJ Pooter Toots on a Saturday night, <laughs> you know. I want to go to TJ Pooter. No, you don't. Uh, if you've ever seen the Ben Stiller show, they served human flesh Ew. because they were the original TJ Pooter Toot was a member of the Donner Party. Ew. <laughs> Gross. But um, you're a Donner. And, and, and also, let's talk, let's talk about Tom Tom Cruise's brow choices. I'm just saying. Sarah Jessica Parker and Girls Just Want to Have Fun have nothing yeah. on Tom Cruise's brows in this movie. They are out of control. Yeah, they're pretty 80s. They're beyond 80s. It looks, it, it looks like a couple of caterpillars are holding a Lincoln-Douglas debate on each side of his face. Wow. wow. It, it is ridiculous. You um, know, and we haven't talked about Tim Robbins in this movie. That's because we didn't even realize it was Tim Robbins until well, it was I did, over. But I knew who it was. I didn't even recognize him because he was so barely in this. This is also like pre Bull Durham. You is, know, this isn't pre Jacob's Ladder, is it? I think so. I think Jacob's Ladder was eighty-seven or eighty-eight. Oh, really? Yeah, it's a little later. Okay. Well, I think if I remember correctly, I lived in Somerville when this movie came out, and I think I lived in lived, and I think I had moved away from there when when uh, when Jacob's Ladder was in theater. Uh, like so, I use my what what crappy South Carolina town I lived in to determine when a thing happened. Yeah. Um, so I think this is one of his earlier things. You know, it's kind of like seeing um, Dennis Hopper and Cool Hand Luke mm. in the background, where it's like, oh, he's in this movie, but he's not really right. You know, or or James Earl Jones in uh, Doctor Strange Love. Mm. You know, where it's like, oh, here's a here's a someone who's going to be famous a few years later for something else entirely. Right. You know, who happens to be in this well known movie. Um, and oh God, uh, uh, Kelly McGillis. Uh, I'm, I'm just jumping around because I'm kind of looking at my notes because you, you you've, you've lost our structure. I've lost that <laughs> by not feeling. by not doing a stru- the structure by the plot. I, <laughs> we've lost track of what we've talked about. So now I'm like, oh, uh, here's some random dumb ideas that I've had. Sure. Um, there's there's a line. Kelly McGillis delivers what may be the best worst combination, like the best combination of both a terrible line and terrible acting. Yeah. Like it's I've fallen for you. Oh God, yes! Oh my God, that is the worst. Like, it, I have what a dick I written just couldn't in here. Like, I, couldn't... I, I believe this is what it is. It's I believe my um, assessment of that, you know, whatever it was, was right on. And he's like, "Oh, do you?" She's like, "Yes," because I couldn't let them see what I really felt, and that's that I've fallen for you. It's just so poorly done. It's just terrible. I'm gonna finish my sentence. Like, it's so. Ugh. I want to oh. vomit every time they they want to do any sort of connection on screen. I'm like. 
you guys just 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 go get a beer. It's fine. Just just go just go drink a beer and and you know pound it out and everybody's happy. Oh yeah, that's. <laughs> So uh, I guess uh, go like let let's go back and talk just briefly about sure. Goose about sure. Goose's death no. because there's a couple the, the, the aftermath of Goose's death because okay. there's a couple of thoughts on this that um, sure go for you it know, like like first of all you know like Goose was I will say this now he's the only character in this entire movie that I find genuinely likable as yeah. a person across the board okay. I think I've mentioned it and so the movie kills him off. It, Quite brutally, by the way, like they actually show his like what is his obvious death when his head hits the, uh, you know, the cockpit doesn't get blown completely away before he's ejected. Yeah, it's brutal. You know, it's right up there with like putting the teeth on the curb stomp uh, in uh, in American History X. You yeah, know, okay, like, we're not talking. Uh, I can't talk about that. Yeah, okay. it's, it's a brutal. Yeah, it's, it's a brutal, brutal death. death. You know. And so the movie kills brutally the only genuinely likable character, a man who's got a family. Yeah. You know, and the music that's played during the montage of it's like it's like it's like the movie has the nerve to to hit the button labeled mawkish demo on a Casio it's the saddest lame and it belongs in a Final Fantasy game first of all it's like the kind of music that would be playing you know like and not like not like even like fi- like the later ones like like be like Final Fantasy 1 like mm-hmm. you're, you're like my my black mage and my white mage are fighting a green ogre music it is ridiculous and you know and that, and, and that of course leads to like that maudlin stretch mm-hmm. which I I was not like in the best of places for a while for this movie to begin with because it's like you know I'm not a big military guy I'm mm-hmm. not a really Whatever. I mean, it, there are a lot of dumb, stupid moments where I could make fun of the movie, you know, where I felt like it's not that I was in on the joke. It's mm-hmm. that the movie wasn't in on the joke that yes, I was in on. Yes, yes, But good God for about I, – I, I said a half hour. I don't think it's that long. But it's it is long. like 15 minutes at yeah. least. Yeah, it's a while. Of just maybe 20 where it's just nothing but sadness and he's just a sad sack and it's like he's given up everything. You know, it just doesn't matter he's anymore. About quitting. Yeah, he's thinking about like, quitting, you know, and it's just – it is just – you know, the the saddest goddamn bore. It's boring, though. That's yeah. the problem. It's boring. I don't care about his inner life. <laughs> I don't. There's nothing about his rich emotional life, about losing his dad and needing Tom Skerritt to come in with his, you know, skinny orangutan wearing a t-shirt arms, <laughs> you know, and tell him, you know, you know, to tell him, you know, like, son, your daddy was really a hero and you did deep, deep, blah. You know, and all that kind of Tom Skerritt-related things. <laughs> you Which know, is so how Tom Skerritt talks. I I can't remember. Tom Skerritt changes his voice from movie to movie. I don't know. Like, it just you know, like I Viper. Yes. Oh, I like that name though. That's a good name. What is it I, I, I I I did find it eventually funny when I realized that Michael Ironside's call sign was Jester. Yeah. Because I he looks like a man who has never smiled genuinely in his life. True. Like every time Michael Ironside has ever smiled, it's because he's actually thinking about that scene when Bambi's mother dies. That's the only reason, <laughs> like I can think of, that he would ever smile about anything. It's terrible. Like he's just you know just the, like the most like irritable, irascible human being on earth. So actually, I find it's like naming a big guy tiny. So I found it mildly amazing. Yes, that is adorable. I you will know. give you that. So I guess, you know, we the, the, all this stuff happens. He's sad. And and because of that, like, I was actually fairly surprised to learn that not only did he not win, like, graduate, to, like, the, the head of Top Gun. Yeah. Like, then Iceman won it after the, the prick that everyone said was going to win it, won it. Yeah. They but, did that very well, I think. But, uh, I mean, I was fine with it. Like, and also, like, he almost almost didn't show up. 
And like, it, it almost looked like he didn't really show up and then showed up to the party. Yeah. You know? And it was kind of like this, like, weird sort of, like, whatever. But the moment they graduate, of course, there's an international incident. Like, the yes, moment. The moment. Like, they're, they're like, Literally, they're still at the party. They're still at the party, and, that, and they have to go... They have to go rescue some people, you know, or some crap. There's or, some. Air, oh, oh, they have to escort. The they have yeah. to escort a ship out of yeah. uh, in, out of enemy waters. Yeah, enemy waters. Yeah. So it's not the Soviets, though. It's the enemy waters. You know, whatever. You know, like whatever. But um, so they all they all get sent out to uh, you know back to the USS Enterprise. And by the way, I'd like to point out we it's the this USS is, this Enterprise. Is the, yeah, this is the second movie we've done. Not not in as many weeks because this this is the second episode we've done. About the USS Enterprise in a row, but not the second episode you're going to hear because here's a little secret. This is our Abbey Road in that, like, you know, we recorded this last out of the sequence of the movies that you've seen, but we, uh, heard. but we, because like an idiot heard, but like idiots, we uh, kind of forgot that it was time to do the mutual movie. So uh, we, uh, we had to go back and do, we haven't even watched Return to Oz at this point again. But you, 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 you have certainly heard our return to Oz. I mean, why wouldn't you have listened to it, right? Yeah, I mean, everybody. So, so if we make references in that that are somehow falling back to this, that's why. That's why. (laughs) That's confusing to you. Like if I start talking about Tom Skerritt's orangutan arms for no reason, and you're like, (laughs) why is he talking about Tom Skerritt's orangutan arms? That's why. That's why I did that last week, the last two weeks ago, or wherever. When When we, when we recorded it, whenever we we recorded, when we got in the TARDIS. Yeah. And traveled back again. I don't make Doctor Who references in this. When we got in the DeLorean. And we traveled back in time. We should do a classic Doctor Who podcast. That no, yeah, See? no. There are people who do a classic Doctor Who podcast. As a matter of fact, we have some friends who do a classic. Yeah, Doctor I know, Who and I've, I've guessed it on it before. Yeah, I'm, I'm, it's a, it's I'm a, saying we should do our own. It's and, we a should, podcast. and we should call it. We should call it. If 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 Allie makes John do a goddamn Grey's Anatomy podcast, I'm going to make her watch hours and hours of boring, shitty British people in quarries. Shout out to our friends who at do Pex do Lives. At, yes. Oh, I can give that shout out. I just want to make it very clear that like uh, I will make you watch the boringest, like rambliest, like low budgetest British guys in a quarry. Why would you, you why would you wanna, you know, take away their viewership? That's not nice. It would augment. Oh, we augment. Be, we wouldn't be doing it. We would be doing our own take. Oh, I see. The take where I laugh at you as you sit there and stare at Colin Baker doing Colin Baker things for hours Colin on Colin Baker things. Um so yeah, um, so basically, at this point, we go into combat. We go into combat. And, oh, okay. and uh, you know, and and there's been a running joke up through this that uh, I just want to because I'm probably going to forget about it later yeah. if I don't mention it. Uh, the negative ghostwriter, that pattern is full guy. Oh, yeah. um, he basically can't drink a coffee without without <laughs> without without Maverick blowing by, and uh, you know, in in ghostwriter whatever you know, like blowing by the thing and getting him to spill it. The guy's an idiot. Here's a hint: put a lid on your coffee. <laughs> Travel mug, you moron! I love Drink that. with a straw. He also apparently wants some butts because he yells about how he wants some butts because he's very angry because he dr- flew by. Yeah, and, he wanted yeah. them butts. He wanted them butts. Get some butts. Get some butts. Butts. Get some butts. Butts. Get some butts. 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 Get some butts. 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 So yeah. So yeah. So yeah. So then. Honestly, I don't have a lot of negative things to say about the rest well, because, of the movie because the rest of the good. movie is a fun dogfight. It is. It's a great dogfight. Like, it's, it's a great action sequence. Again, the politics of this movie are terrible, but it, like the flight, the flight, the the the, the action stuff is pretty exciting. Yeah, Maverick, like basically, um, Maverick saves the day because because uh, Iceman is basically left alone uh, because the other guy gets uh, damaged and has to fly back or something. Does anyone ever think about the fact that Iceman Val Kilmer was the dude in Top Secret? Every time I'm like, 
Top Gun, top secret, Top Gun, top secret. Like I feel Oma, like I'm. Oopra, Oopra. Yeah, Oopra. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. Orma, Gorpla, Flambot, bleh. Pork chop, pot roast. <laughs> yeah, so I learned to talk by uh, watching television as a child, apparently, and not through human interaction. Yeah, so these words so confuse me. It's bizarre to me. It, yeah, it, I, it's funny because I actually. The first thing I ever saw Val Kilmer in was Top Secret. So in my mind, Val Kilmer is kind of a goofy comedy guy. Yeah, I know. He doesn't really do a lot of goofy comedies ever. Yeah, after I know. That. It's like, so, that like, was it. I have the weirdest conception of him. It'd be like if the only Billy Joel album I'd ever heard was Attila. <laughs> you know, oh, Billy Joel, that, that's that guy. That metal weird, guy. The, that weird hard rock album that had no guitars and just had an electric piano and was really, and, and had him posing like a Viking with a bunch of sides of beef. <laughs> That guy, huh? Oh, he wrote he wrote a song about a piano player? Weird. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah, so, um, yeah. I guess, uh, I don't know that, oh, I, I guess I will say one other thing about mm-hmm. this movie is it's, I, I am, as Allie knows, now many people probably could guess, uh, a pretty big Mystery Science Theater fan. This movie actually reminds me in so many ways, I mean, it's done better. But it reminds me in so many ways of there's a mystery science episode called The Starfighters, which is about uh, you know, basically a military movie is made by with a made by the Air Force. Uh, and it actually stars uh, Bob Dornan, who was later a, con- a insane congressman or senator. I can't remember which one mm-hmm. he was. I think it was a congressman. Uh, totally right. They named him B1 Bob because of his in, like he was just fought tooth and nail for like pork for the Air Force to be, you know, brought in. But um, just super right-wing crazy man. And he starred in it as an actor, as a young pilot. Mm -hmm. Actor, I'm going to put in quotes because he's wooden as hell. But it's this incredibly boring wooden movie that's basically got, you know, it's kind of the same thing. It's a bunch of pilots trying a new plane and how great this plane is. Only instead of like lots of cool shots of barrel rolls and like, and you know, like, Radar locking on and things like that. It was just endless shots of planes refueling. Oh, God, that's horrifying. (laughs) It's pretty terrible. terrible But it just reminded me of that because it's got the same basic thing. It's basically a recruiting film for pilots. Right. So, you know, like, and and asking that, was this recruiting film for for pilots worth revisiting? Yeah. Yeah, it was. Um, If I could just cut out all of the, we're going to show tongues and, and lick each other's faces, like, deep down into our esophagi. Um, I would be fine with that. Um, I really like this movie. I think it's fun. Um, I, I I definitely found it a lot more emotional than I... I mean, I always thought the Goose stuff was super emotional. But the, it wasn't even just his death in this one that was emotional to me. It was the after. It was the watching the little kid. Like, that killed me. Like, I don't know. I'm too much of a mom now. It's really hard yeah. for me to not uh, empathize. Yeah, I know. Your jeans got like eight inches higher since you became a mom. It's the most amazing thing. It's kind of cool, isn't it? I didn't even know guests still existed. (laughs) Zeke Avericis. So, um, so yeah, I mean, I think it's worth revisiting. I mean, does it hold up? Yeah. Cause, cause the nostalgia of it for me still, still stands. Like there's some, it's fun. I love the, the, the fight scene, like the, the flying scenes. I think they're done really well. So yeah, there's like, and there's good stuff in it and it's just, it's fun and funny and weird and goose is awesome. And yeah. Yeah. All right, so was it worth watching? Uh, you know, in all honesty, I don't 100% think it was. I did not think it was a very good movie. I don't have a nostalgia for it. Well, that's why. But I do think, I do think again, I think the the flight scenes 
were great. Mm-hmm. I think the volleyball scene is hilarious. Yes, it's great. Because it so doesn't realize how gay it is. <laughs> and I th- and I think Anthony Edwards does a fine job of being a likable goofball with Goose. Yes. But I think most of the movie is mawkish as hell. It's just, it's it's stupid. I just don't care yeah. about Maverick. It's like, oh, I'm a hotshot who's really good, who's sad for a while because of a mistake that isn't even really my fault. And now I'm a hero. I think he's sad not because of the mistake. He's sad because he lost his best friend. Right, I know. But he, but like he's blaming himself and that's why he won't go back up. Mm. You know, it, 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 it's like, it's not grief, you know. Mm. You know, it's I, you know, like he lost, his, he lost that love and feeling, <laughs> you know. But like, it's just, I think it's just not, it's just not that good a movie. It's mm-hmm. like, it's like, I, like. I, I think the, the the pilot scenes are great, but it's like it's like people have to actually have to open their mouth and talk to each other throughout this movie, and that's where it's, its downfall is. Yeah. Is it's just it's it's ter- it's, it's not a good it's, the dialogue's terrible. And in fact, the script was there was apparently the idea for this movie kicked around for a while, and a bunch of people refused to write it. And I guess it was because because liberal Hollywood didn't want to deal with this war war movie or whatever. Blame them. But you know, like it's it's just I don't know. It just it doesn't it doesn't suit me very much. I mm-hmm. think I, I think it's you know overall not. That great a movie, despite what the American Film Registry says, it's now a member of the American Film Registry for mm. its historical impact or whatever, mm. or its quality, which I'm guessing is not the reason. Right. Uh, so I guess um, I don't think I've got much more to say about this movie. That I, uh, but I think I think Jim Cotta was a better, more entertaining movie. Um, okay, well, um, well, actually, no. It, Jim Cotta was a worse movie that was more fun for me to watch. Sure, I hear you, you know? on that. Uh, I think this movie is better than Girls Just Want to Have Fun, but I think it is far less good than Commando, and I think even Cobra. As reprehensible as its politics were, I cared a little more <laughs> in a lot of okay. it. Okay. So, yeah. But anyway, uh, we got a website, which you probably know about, uh, matchmadeinspace.com. You can also find us on iTunes uh, by, you know, just search Match Made in Space. We're going to show up. It's going to be, us, show it's up. Gonna be well, us in one aviation podcast episode. Which is kind of It's going to pop up. You know, and if you want to, if you want to send us uh, some communiques uh, that are longer than 140 characters, you know, matchmadeinspace at gmail.com. And, uh, you know, uh, or you can just go to us on, on Twitter and follow us. It's at MMIS podcast. Um, you know, you can see whatever picture from uh, this movie I have decided to use as our header this time. Um, <laughs> and uh, I'm trying to think, and if you want to, if you want to follow uh Either of us, of course, you can uh, find Ali Goodman at Ali, Ali, like Muhammad Ali oh, underscore Goo Deman, G O O D M A N, and uh, you can you and can, we I can answer our door. You can find me yeah, at can, Hitler Puncher at Hitler Puncher uh, at, at Hitler Puncher the the Twitter guy. Oh, it's it's just the mail. Oh, it's just the mail. Uh, oh, how exciting! Off or something. Well, how nice um, of them. Well. So, I so guess. yeah, that was really that was exciting moment there because that got a little scary. Somebody's trying to get in our house. DIY man. Yeah, right. Um, so Flying this by is the seat of our pants like real mavericks. This wompity womp. So this is Match Made in Space signing off. Adios. Adios.